0: Hang on a second. No worries. It'll be good as well because I can re-watch it and I can see what, 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 what you know, sort of revise it. Yes, that's the best use for it. Is so you don't have to take notes.
1: You can take notes when you listen to the recording later. Brilliant. And it's also very important to repeat things over and over again. So that's <laughs> an issue also. Um, so we had gotten started on. Um, the the story of Bhikkhu Dasa and had uh, mentioned that uh, in the beginning of all of this, when he was a monk of about 10 years, studying uh, Pali uh, at, you know, like the top nine, he's like in the graduating class of a PhD in Pali studies uh, in, uh, in that, I think, or maybe he was like seven out of nine years of it or something like this, but he was quite late in it and he was already arguing with the professors. And so he's he's uh, given a, uh, an opportunity for a public talk uh, that happened to have been a graduating class of a uh, university of uh, 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 nurses. And in that uh, audience were people who uh, did not appreciate what he was teaching. And so they made a big stir about it. In downtown Bangkok, which happened to have been the seat of some of the oldest temples in uh, in Thailand or in Bangkok, uh, some of them associated with the uh, uh, the royal palace, that neighborhood mm-hmm. okay and so um in in this Sangha de Sessa, or in his trial, where they um, were bringing him on him on the charges of breaking the Sangha by teaching something alternate. uh, He was actually able to show in the Pali that what he was teaching was actually correct and true and right along with the teachings of the Buddha. Now, Um, what happened with that was several outcomes. Very interesting. One is that it sparked a poly re-examination in all of the Pali schools, and they went right through it and found out that we have been interpreting it wrong and that Bikki Buddha Dasa has, in fact, been giving the right interpretation of this. While on the other side, there was a whole bunch of very, very senior monks who were sitting back and saying, yeah, we know, we told you, <laughs> and you didn't listen to us either. <laughs> All right. And so the outcome of this trial was, is that Bhikkhu Buddha was teaching the right thing to the wrong people. That all along the right and correct Dhamma has been known, but it has not been public knowledge and has been kept within the Sangha, which that particular statement breaks two myths. One mm. of the myths is, is that the actual teachings of the Buddha have been lost and nobody's been enlightened for hundreds of years. And you probably heard that myth. That's what gives rise to things like the pragmatic Dhamma.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's where I learned about Mahasi noting from and where I got speak. Practice and Dhamma. and it is a whole block.
1: Of losers, of geese the flock of geese that are quacking and flapping their wings, looking for something that's right in front of them. And so that's also true. In fact, when I say that, that's also Thailand, but, but Thailand has made a major shift out of the Vasudhi Maga back into the uh, suttas, including having an, an entire uh, movement in Thailand uh, it's become a bit political, and there's some things about it, but it's called anti Asoka, And what they mean is, let's take things back before the time of Asoka, which was the great, great, great grandson of King Bung—oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Bimbi, Bimbi something or another. <laughs> Bimbi Sara, maybe. Um, who was the one of the kings that uh, was a friend of the Buddha, as well as King Pasanati. Uh, and that uh, uh, he became actually through that whole family group, they've eventually ran out of Magati and literally took over almost all of what we now know is, is India up except into the um, uh, the ca- Kashmir. But <clears throat> we know that the Buddha was as far away as Delhi, which was about 600 kilometers from uh, Varanasi and Deer Park and Bodh and that area. So anyway, the king, the emperor Asok, established Buddhism as the national religion. Mm. But by doing so, he destroyed it in a way, because there were so many monks who came in to get the larder of the free bowl, free food, free uh, uh, robes, uh, free housing, and all of that uh, by becoming the monk. But there weren't enough teachers to go around. And so the students started teaching themselves, and that's where the split came between the Mahayana and the Theravada, basically. It's much more complicated than that.
0: Yeah, they didn't have the the experience to go along with it, yeah.
1: Okay, so um, then the Mahasanga versus the uh, the original Sangha, what happened in the story is that... um, Because there were so many monks that were outside, they decided, let's get all of the arahats together and have a sangha of our own and meeting to reestablish for ourselves exactly what it is that the teachings of the Buddha are. Mm. And so they had kind of an interest exam. They're Mm. sort of like passwords or code words. If you know the noble dhamma, then you'll know how to answer questions and things like this. And many of the lay people are... Let us say ordinary people know the answers to these questions, but if you've got views or beliefs that are coming from another religion, then you'll give your views and beliefs, and they don't let you into the, in the meeting. And right. so all yeah. of those guys got really ticked off and went and had a bigger meeting. and this all happened in Rakrieg if if the uh, uh, and the reason that it was held in Rakir is because that was the capital and that um King of sponsored the uh, the conference mm. so now he had to sponsor even a bigger conference yeah yeah all right so that was the that was beginning of the split and that happened uh, a little over 100 years after uh, about 270 260 bc that time period is when all of this occurred as opposed to the buddha's death at about 407 406 410 That that neighborhood is where they seem to have chased it down to now that they went looking for it. Exactly. So um, with with all of that, then the point is, is that even though there has always been an ordinary sangha of monks, there has always been this inner core. And the question would be, how do you bring new people into the old sangha so that it can remain and stay sustained for 2,500 years? And basically, that's the story that I'm telling you now about Bhikkhu Buddhadasa is how he made it into the inner core. Right, right, yeah. OK, and that is, is quite an interesting thing that way, because inside of this Sangha de Sasa were some of the senior monks that really did know the Dhamma uh, already and had been invited into the inner core. And surprisingly enough, it was very close with uh, in contact with the royal family, that the royalty, the nobility of the of the of Thailand and the nobility of the Sangha had already been intertwined for centuries. Mm, mm. And so uh, there was a very, very famous monk uh, who uh, was born in 1860 as the son of King uh, Mangut. And he became a monk while his brother, uh, Chula Longhorn, uh, reigned for many years. And they supported each other. And the, the king gave then the monk support to re-establish the correct Buddhism within Thailand again. So that now we're repeating it again in the 1930s, but it happened then also in about uh, 1910 or so. That time period is the period that we're talking about. Uh, and so uh, one of his students then was made... Uh, was given the title of, and it's always appointed by the the royal family. Anyway, they call it the the Sumdat Sangaraj. Sumdat Sangaraj means some debt. I'm not quite sure, but Sangaraj, you can see King of Sangha in that word right there. Mm-hmm. The Sangaraj, and so his name was uh, Buddha Gosajarn, and he's quite famous. You can find him on. Um, uh, Wikipedia and other things like this as well as I've got some other literature about this. But he befriended Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa and later came to South Thailand to visit Buddhadasa and that they then became good friends and Bhikkhu Dasa took this old most senior monk in Thailand as his teacher.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And yet everybody kind of thinks that Bhikkhu Buddhadasa discovered all of this stuff by himself. No, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so both of those myths are wrong. The, the correct way of looking at it, or if you want to say the correct myth, is, is that the Sangha has been secret and has been kept uh, uh, inside aloof and very, very high quality up to the point of the royal family of Thailand for many centuries, mm. and that I thought that it was just a kind of Thai thing when I was in the U.S., and so there was an opportunity for me to teach a young Laotian monk who spoke English, but not his own native Laotian language, but he did some, and he had family members who were also monks. In fact, he became a monk to take care of one of his uncles who has also uh, retired from the U.S. Uh, and had re- uh, Social Security. So he wants to spend the rest of his life as a monk. And the family says that's not going to happen. And the and the deal was is that his nephew becomes a monk so that he can take care of his uncle. Now, that does yeah, not yeah. happen. at That does not happen in Western culture.
0: <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it, yeah, very true
1: yeah, but it does in Laotian culture because the family connections are that tight. and so i uh, we became friends, the young monk and I, and I taught him the noble Dhamma, and he goes and rats on me. Oh no. <laughs> and the next thing I know that's happening is that i'm be, I, i'm I'm invited to travel with them to Denver, Colorado, to meet yet another uncle who is the abbot there and the second most senior monk in. Uh, the Laotian culture within the United States. Right. And there, they were as surprised to find a a fat old white man in the United States that knows the Dhamma. And I was surprised to find (coughs) that any of them knew it (laughs) because all of my connections to the Thai culture had always been through, do you know Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa? And we just take it from there. But these guys didn't know Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa, but they also knew the Noble Dhamma. Mm, mm. That's the important point, then, that the Noble Dhamma, not lost, It's widespread, and it's well kept. And it is almost like the Noble Dhamma is kept like a jewel or like a triple gem. Inside of an ornate case, an ornate box, it's quite beautiful, quite ornate. Got all kinds of doodads and rabbit holes and all kinds of things, and we can call that box, which is actually a puzzle on how to open it. But we call that the Buddhist religion. Ah, the Buddhist okay. religion is what we give to people, and that if they play with it long enough, maybe they'll figure out which buttons to push. Yeah. And it, yeah, the, And it will open up and then you can understand what the real teachings are. Right. Now, basically, right. how that has always historically happened is, is that the right student has, the right, has, to, has to ask the right kind of questions at the right time to the right teacher. Mm. Mm. And that's how that door opens. You've got to be asking the right guy at the right time the right kind of questions.
0: The right thing at the right time to the right guy, gotcha, yeah. Okay.
1: But that keeps it very secret. Keeps oh, it keeps it high class and noble because most people uh, are attached to their beliefs. Mm. And so they don't like the noble dhamma. That in fact there's been enemies of the noble dhamma. The Brahmins were especially enemies of the Noble Dhamma because it was right out in the open in India, and they warred against it
0: Mm. because
1: it cost them a whole lot of revenue. They've even tried to make Buddhism now a part of Hinduism so that they uh, uh, they can share the wealth with Buddhism if they can control it and make it part of Hinduism. But the real teachings of the Buddha means that nobody gets any money, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so it is greed that is the enemy of the teachings of the Buddha. Mm, mm. Which is quite widespread in Western Buddhism.
0: Yes, yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Okay. Money is definitely right. the motive in a, in, a, in a lot of places, yeah.
1: All right, so to um, continue the little story about Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa, he then decided uh, to continue with the permission of the Sangha that now, finally, in the 1930s, it's okay to let the cat out of the bag to the Thai population. And now mm-hmm. For many years, Bhikkhu Buddhadasa has been the most famous monk in Thailand. He has been the teacher of most of the abbots of the biggest wats in Thailand. And in fact, this current generation that I know of. Uh, especially in places like there's a wat in Pattaya, there's wat in uh, Thammarat, and uh, several in Surat Thani, and Chumphon, and up as far as we're gone. So we're talking about this whole area of this central South Thailand, the biggest wat's there. I knew them all personally at Watsu and Mok. They were all students of Watsu and Mok, and those monks now have become quite famous and are now the abbots of the Watts throughout uh, South Thailand, that's the kind of influence that Bhikkhu Buddha Dasta still has here.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, yeah,
1: as well as that there is a, yeah, there's a big place in Bangkok, the yeah. thing the The property that they have is so large it's got its own lake. And this is in downtown Bangkok. That property is probably worth hundred, maybe two hundred million dollars. I don't know how much it's worth. I'm just estimating. Yeah, it, it is. is a and it and its backside is onto to Chat Park, one of the largest parks in in Bangkok, which means means that uh, people actually go, owned to the other side of the lake and, and pinch their little uh, umbrella tents and have their own private little holiday.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's very, very common in, in, uh, 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 in that. And there's uh, a lot of people involved with him in, in Thailand. So Achan Po has uh, consistently wanted me to come to do that in fact, he's talked about me going back to Chicago and going to uh, Phuket and stay with uh, uh, the monk he- there. His name is Venerable um, uh, uh and so the um, the answer was no. We're going to kind of stay home.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so uh, this is where the idea of the uh, of the internet came from. Is well, let's go on and start having one on one uh, discussions with people on the internet, just like it's done at the Watt. You see, uh, except since it started, meditation retreats, the 10 day retreat format, started in the 1950s. Buddhism lasted for 2,500 years without ever having a retreat, not like they have in the West, not like they had. It got started as a it was actually had political connotations though, ended in Burma. And that's what uh, uh, Goenka was uh, was in. He was in uh, Ubai Ken's uh, group uh, as a student, but <laughs> then he was uh, uh, exported back to, to India because he was an Indian. And uh, in the 1950s, the Burmese government threw out all the Indians because they could. Mm, mm. The British bought them uh, all the Indians to Burma because they could. <laughs> so there's that whole side of the story, and that's the connection that Goenka has with Mahasi is, is, that it has the same and similar roots, and so do the ten-day formats.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And that's where those things started. But if you if you go to be a monk. You might be involved with one of the modern retreats, but they're doing that <laughs> since the 1950s. But most monks don't do retreats like that.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's that these that's, retreats is a very Western thing. And you can see that you add bed and breakfast and you've got a money-making operation.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I was looking at retreats in the UK and I was like, a handful of ones that were by donation but the vast vast majority was all like it was like a couple hundred bucks yeah just for like even just like two to three day retreats like weekend retreats and Mm -hmm. yeah
1: well, 10-day retreats of 200 bucks. Right, go for it. <laughs> that's free food. food, <laughs> Room and board, if that's what you're getting there, is cheap at 200.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You just stay in retreat at 800 bucks a month. Yeah, you can live yeah. on Yeah, that's living expenses.
0: <laughs> living the dream. On holiday all the time.
1: Well, if you know how to do that, the problem is, there's almost in no one who goes to those retreats are ready for them.
0: Mm, mm. When do you know you're ready for them? Um, we can
1: talk about that at an, at another time, at a later time, where there's actually better uses for our for our time
0: oh, than that.
1: Um. But there is a whole lot. Uh, Yeah, just a little bit. One of the things is is that they take everything away from you in Mm. order so that you don't have anything to do. Well, that's easy to do for your village kid because when you take anything away, everything he's got away from, all you took was a stick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. But your cell phone and your books and your laptop and your notebook and your ballpoint pens and all of the stuff that you use to define yourself and also to time structure is taken away. And now the students don't know how to do time structuring. Dogs know how to structure their times better than humans.
0: Yeah, yeah, without all that tech and the gadgets and that, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And so um, let us say that being on the diet of having removed all of that stuff from your life for about a month would be a good way to start a retreat.
0: Mm mm, hmm hmm.
1: OK, to go into seclusion a little early. Another thing is, is that the students don't get any preparation at all. They just sign up for it's like a business deal. Ten days. You start here. You start paying out. It ends here. You stop paying now. You got your money's worth. Goodbye. Get out.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's not like further support down the
1: line. Exactly. And it's not a sangha because the students are told to be in silence. And so they don't even get a chance to become friends. We could walk out of there with a hundred friends. In fact, that's what yoga classes, yoga retreats are much better than some of these meditation retreats because you can build lasting friendships. Mm. Mm. Have a good boohoo, clean a whole lot of stuff out and have a few friends to boot. You yeah, go to a yeah. meditation re- uh, retreat. You do a lot of crying, and you don't get much out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And because the students are not prepared, so that's enough for that. We can talk about that. What's what's a better thing to do with our time anyway? Because yeah, yeah. We, can, we can we can find ways of uh, practicing correctly on the subway.
0: Mm, Hmm
1: or on the rails of the uh, uh, tallest building in town when we're looking down and thinking about going over the side. That's another time to get into seclusion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. <laughs> Get away from it all, really. <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of people have the idea that they have to put a lot of time and effort into meditation and the results will be way down the line. Mm, mm. And um, uh, the right, correct way of doing it is recognizing that everything has to do with right now, that this present moment and what you're thinking in this present moment is the only thing that matters. And if you can take care of this moment and this moment and this moment and this moment, etc., mm. then what else is there to do? If you can take care of any situation in the moment, then there's nothing. I mean, that's preparation is when you can handle anything that comes. Especially since you've already handled anything that comes and you survived. So you survive it again.
0: <laughs> bad point. Bad point, yeah.
1: The only thing that you haven't survived uh, yet that you have to learn how to survive, and that is death itself. And when you get ready for death, then there, you can live happily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else have you got to lose? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, right? All right. So that's the way of looking at it is freedom is just another word for nothing left to
0: lose. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that is. Um, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. Yes,
1: it is. In fact, that's the whole point of it. That's what freedom is, uh, that For many years now, the philosophers have spoken of Buddhism as by a negative, that it is a negative path. It is not a positive path. You do not get a savior. You do not get a heaven. You do not get a hell. That in fact, what you have to do instead is drop all of the ideas that you're going to get anything at all. And by dropping, you're actually going in negative. The only way to fly is by being lighter than air. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so that means we need to drop our baggage. Yes, yes. And the baggage that needs to be dropped is the baggage that we're carrying at this particular moment. Because that's the only baggage that we've got that's keeping us from flying in this particular moment.
0: I like it, man. I like it. I, I think I can see where this is going a little bit, yeah.
1: <laughs> exact well, it's actually going right into the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Noble Path. And it's most specifically talking about practicing the path according or practicing the path by using Anapanasati. And Anapanasati is the method that the Buddha taught, that this is one of the things that became kind of a point of argument that we got started on with Bhikkhu Buddhadasa, is when he said that Buddha only taught one meditation. He only taught one. Mm. And yet look how much diversity there
0: is in just Western Buddhism. Yeah, we got masses of techniques everywhere. I even said That's to you that I was trying to, you know, learn learn a whole bunch of them and just fa- find out what works myself. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the point: none of them work. If any uh, any of them that doesn't work doesn't work because it's missing an ingredient. And Anapanasati is the whole package, the complete issue, and yeah. it's actually the missing pieces of the puzzles that all of these other guys are missing. Yeah, it's the yeah. whole show. Oh. The Buddha laid it out. So basically, is what's happened. It is very much like a jigsaw puzzle. Hmm. And Westerners have got it in, it in a box. And it's got a picture of it on the front. And here we are taking all these piezo puzzles and trying to put all of this puzzle together. And we're missing a few pieces. <laughs> There's a couple of pieces gone. <laughs> but Anapanasati Sutta, and that is um, uh, th- that it's there. Uh, in the suttas, the bhikkhu buddhadasa points this out and has uh, had several lecture series on Anapanasati. There's wound up at least four different books on Anapanasati under his name because they've been translated into English after being transcribed from the audio into the Thai. Mm,
0: mm. Okay,
1: so, um, so there's some language and translation issues. And there's also some cultural issues in there. Some of the stuff that he says doesn't make sense. Makes mm. perfect sense to the Thai people. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, in, in in that regard, um, this is what Achan Po is wanting, is, is that we can actually take this old teaching of the Dhamma that's been well-kept and well-secret and well-working and open it to the world because the world may be ready for it now. There's a whole lot of signs talking about providence and Christian stuff. No, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the fact that it feels safe to do it now. (laughs) Mm. Mm. The likelihood of me being strung up uh, and yeah. under a bridge for what I teach is unlikely to happen now in 1920 yeah. it could very well have happened in Missouri or in, in Mississippi
0: mm. Mm.
1: in fact I know places in Mississippi now but I could get strung up if I went there <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it, in fact, is quite possible for a a Christian preacher to make one statement on the pulpit and be fired out of a job, out of a house, out of a family. His wife divorces him, and he's got nothing just by making one statement. Yeah, yeah. But but a foreigner, a fat old happy man walks into town and makes that statement, he's going to get strung up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has been historically dangerous, but now there are a lot of people that are interested in Buddhism. So now it's time to kind of let it out of the bag, just like Bika Buddha Buddhadasu started letting the cat out of the bag in the 1930s. So this is the noble Dhamma or the super mundane Dhamma that is missing in Buddhism. Is this mostly it has to do with first off that whatever you believe. That you have ever believed, whatever it was that you believed hasn't really done you any good. Mm. Believing <clears throat> something to be true does not help you. Now, mm. what does help you is number one, making mistakes, and number two, looking at that mistake and seeing what's going on and learning from it.
0: Mm. 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 Okay.
1: That's a major part because that's actually the point of the teaching of the second noble truth is what is actually the cause of Duke is something that we are doing. Look at what you're doing and then make a change to that rather than looking at it from the perspective, because belief always has big grandiose stuff. I mean, you've got plastic Jesus on dashboards and we've got big Bibles and, uh, We've got sky daddies and dead men walking and no-sex babies and a whole lot of magic tricks going on.
0: And Buddhism has their whole share of that. Yeah.
1: And so all of that magical stuff is not what the Buddha taught. That's what people believed before they understood the noble teaching. And so you're going to find an awful lot of black baggage at the front door of the noble teaching, mm. and you're going to have to climb over a lot of baggage, and you might, in fact, have to climb over some of the people that are guarding that baggage. So, if,
0: and one of, the, I mean, one have that a lot of really, it's just been sort of, sort of sifting, trying to trying to find some way to to sift my way to the truth, sift through all the the wheat mm-hmm. and the chaff, so to speak. And just well, b- b- experiment with things and see what's what's actually what's actually well, generating results. What? Yeah. The weed is
1: delicious and the chap is angry and pissed off and guarding and making sure you don't get none.
0: Ah, OK,
1: OK. Right. You can see that in the distinction between the Democratic and the Republican Party and the US <laughs> <as in> politics. <laughs> so by um, the way where, where are you located it sounds like you're uh, in the uk yes yeah yeah but you mentioned your friend and he's in uh,
0: uh indiana. indiana yeah yeah no um yeah i met him i was a subscriber of his youtube channel and um he uh he gave me his number and he was like call me anytime and we just sort of uh sort of hit it off we started um i started helping him with his youtube channel and we made um we made we we started making some podcasts together and stuff. I was doing sort of like Q and As like this with him, and um, and yeah, it was good fun. We just sort of became good friends. I'm going to go visit him actually, uh, hopefully soon. But with lock, you know, with the COVID regulations, it's a bit, it's a bit tricky and a bit convoluted and all that. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm that's sort of- that's good. We need Dharma grants. Oh, absolutely! There
1: is quite a lot in there about it, uh, uh, Kaliyametta and all of that part. But there's also the the whole issue of um, that, in fact, um, bef- during the lifetime of the Buddha, that's what they called each other was was friend, mm. Uh which is this, uh, the roots of that is the word amigo that we have in uh, Spanish. Mm. Okay, mm. so. Uh, the the One of the suttas is that um, uh, Ananda comes and says that I've just heard that friendship is half the dharma. And the Buddha says, oh, no, it's not half the dharma, not this half or that half, but it's the whole dharma. This is the dharma in this in the sense to become friends with the inside. And then you can become friends with the outside, truly. But you can't become friends with the outside until you become friends on the inside, and so the practice then of anapanasati is the practice of learning to become friends with yourself on the inside.
0: This is this is interesting, man. This is interesting, yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm really starting to sort of draw some connections, and this is all sort of starting to gel together with with um, yeah, with stuff I've read in the past and stuff I've heard you say in the past as well, yeah, uh huh.
1: All right, so. Uh, basically, we learn as children uh, to think critically. That, in fact, the child is criticized. Is, is his ABCs good enough? Does he know the word good enough? Do they clean up good enough? And mm. is always around uh, uh, coming up to scratch, and the child continuously feels like a failure. But he also... Learns the judgment and the feeling in on the association, criticism, feeling criticized. That dynamic, then we take into adulthood
0: as a pattern. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's my That's my boss from work calling. I think I have to be at work quite soon. So a bit sooner than I expected. He, he might be showing up a bit here here a little early. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call him back. But um, and then I'll I'll hop back I'll hop back on this if that's all right.
1: Okay. Uh, we can think-
0: actually just wait.
1: I mean I can wait on it. Uh, don't don't quit this call. Go to him. Do you have to do that on Skype?
0: Um yeah you know no 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 not at all I'll just I'll, I'll just um it's on the phone app sorry one second I'll just hit him up really quick. Um. Yeah, no, my, I've got, I've got, to, I've, I've got to be at work today, unfortunately, um, a bit sooner than I was expecting. But um, if, if you're free tomorrow, I'd love to continue our conversation.
1: All right, we can continue tomorrow if you have to go but, now. That's okay with me. I don't care.
0: Yeah, sorry, sorry about that.
1: No, I'm not, and it's not unfortunate. That's just what you're choosing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That's true. It is my choice. I do. All right, Robert, well, we will see you tomorrow and we will continue.